Hey there, Bears fans. Welcome into another episode of Bear Bones. No Danny Meehan, but we got a pinch hitter, Jonathan Wood. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing good, Mason. Thanks for having me. And I uh, just want to start out with a thank you shout out for hooking me up with the ticket for practice this morning. It was a great time. Yeah, I just lucked out. I was able to snag two. And actually, I put my mom on the case to try to get tickets because I was worried I wouldn't get any. So we ended up with four. Uh, got you one, got another one of our buds one. So it all worked out. And it was great to be, actually meet you in person finally. Yes, absolutely. I know I've uh, connected with you online for a few years now, and nice to translate that to real life. So we got to see practice today. What was your main impression, if you had like a tagline for what today felt like to you? Yeah, I would say probably um, pretty good day for the offense overall from what I could see, which was nice to see. That's kind of been a theme from the week in terms of seeing what other people have said. And it was nice to see that translate. Uh, really loved practice ended with a couple two like two minute drill situations and the first string offense marched right down and got the job done both times, which is exactly what you want to see. Just that nice, smooth efficiency. Yeah, it was a pretty cool because you got to see a little bit of everything, right? So it started with the screen to Equinemius St. Brown uh, for a couple yards. Justin ended up scrambling for a first down. Didn't love that pass to DJ Moore in terms of ball placement. I know like you didn't necessarily like it either in terms of pass across the middle, you know, it's just in terms of situation, but then moving on to then another nicer pass to Cole Komet. And then finally a touchdown to Equinemia St. Brown. Uh, that was, it was really nice to see uh, because you got a little bit of everything going there and you know, it's, it was just a different feel that I, than what we've had from the bears as of late. Yeah, definitely felt more like the offense was in control with the defense chasing them instead of the other way around, which uh, is definitely not something Bears fans are used to. Yeah. And was there any players in particular? Who do you think had the best day today? I know I have a a nomination myself. Sure. Um, Let me start with saying, like, there's so much going on with 90 people practicing and often multiple things happening. So I can't claim that I saw everything particular did not get to see a lot of the linemen, um, especially the defensive line. But from what we did see, I thought Tyler Scott just had an awesome day. It was like every time I saw him, he was just cooking somebody on his route wide open one-on-ones team team drills didn't matter. He, He was just getting open and catching the ball when it came his way. That was definitely one of my two that I was going to say. Like you said, I mean, he probably created the most separation of almost mm-hmm. anyone consistently. Um, even had one like running coming right at us where he was just wide open on that uh, flag route and PJ Walker overthrew him. That was a bit of a shame. But the other person I would say is Robert Tanyan, at least for me, because 
most of the time there was a touchdown, it seemed like it was DJ Moore. And if it wasn't, it was Robert Tanyan. He, he made a lot of catches today, a lot of targets, definitely a big emphasis uh, on him today. You know, didn't see a ton of Cole commit, uh, whether that was by design because just a lighter day for him or just today was just Robert Tanyan design play day. It was, it's hard to tell. Um, but he had a couple times where he was wide open, whether that be by play design or what he did. So he definitely showed out a bit, especially specifically one. It was kind of far from us, way down the other end zone, but he high pointed a ball. Justin put it where really only he could get to it. The DB really didn't have a chance, but he still had to make a pretty acrobatic catch in order to pull that in. Yeah, I found that uh, really interesting where we were sitting. We got a really good view at a lot of the red zone stuff that they were doing. And they were mixing him in heavily, both with the first string and second string and targeting him pretty heavily. It was like, felt like all of red zone was either QB runs or passes to Tanya. And so I wonder if that, and it might just be a day where they were installing that stuff, but I also wonder if it hints at him being a red zone weapon that they're trying to like factor that in, build that into their offense this year. Well, if you look back to his year before he had his ACL tear, I mean, that's was kind of his bread and butter with the Packers, right? I mean, he was red zone Bob and he was he, did he lead the league in tight end touchdowns that year? I don't remember exactly. I know. In general, that year, he was just ridiculous, caught like 85% of his targets. It was just <laughs> was just super efficient. Um, and yeah, would, would love to see if he could recreate some of that in Chicago. It would be a just absolute uh, home run free agent signing for the Bears in that case. Well, in terms of some uh, other players that were some in- interesting positions, or at least I would say, um, I know I noticed that when we got to that portion, that red zone, that the main starting defensive lineman, you had Walker, Billings, Rasheed Green, newcomer, uh, you had Justin Jones, and then you had Gibson kind of rotate in there. Uh, something you noticed on the kickoff, you had Dominique Robinson uh, running down there. Yeah, uh, I guess it makes sense. He's super athletic. I think you played some wide receiver in college. So he's got like the speed and long-term like distance coverage ability there. Um, I had heard somebody on Twitter mention that they were trying him on special teams this year more, but I did not expect to see him on first team kickoff coverage. Um, But Hey, you know, you got to earn a roster spot any way you can. And if that's his path to the roster, uh, great. Yeah, especially if there potentially is maybe another edge coming in here. And, you know, he may he may not necessarily get the snaps there that he might be looking for. Um, what did you one thing of the drills that was was really close to us that we got to see a good amount of were the running backs. We got to see a lot of their pass catching kind of those swing routes out of the backfield, things like that. What did you feel you felt you saw in you know guys like Travis Homer, Roshan Johnson in terms of their catching or lack thereof? Yeah, I know. Um... Roshan Johnson had one pretty bad drop. I don't remember if it was in those drills or seven on seven. Seven on seven, yeah. Just like a flat route that hit him right in the hands and just he probably took his eyes off it and was looking at the defense. And he was pretty mad at that. But, you know, it's one rep. It it happens. Um, But I I think you commented on this when we were watching practice together. But Travis Homer just looked so smooth in all facets of the passing game that we were able to see. They did a little blocking and some route running and catching and stuff. Um, I really hope that they find a way to make him a part of their offense this year. Cause I think he offers more in the passing game probably than any of their other running backs. Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I felt he was the most natural catcher I saw today. Mm-hmm. You know, Herbert was fighting it a little bit and there weren't a lot of balls on the ground, but you can just tell when it's just like, they have to think an extra beat to make sure that they're catching it how they want to. So Herbert was in that category. Roshan Johnson was a little bit in that category. Um, 
Deontay was just right in the middle for me. Like I said, he didn't, nothing blew me away and nothing looked bad, that bad with him. So it was like, that was fine. Um, but in general, I mean, it's a padless practice. The running backs aren't going to stand out very much. The only other thing I might highlight is when they were doing some of the blocking, Herbert did technique wise struggle a little bit for me. I didn't love how clean some of those reps were or lack of clean that those were, but I don't know if you felt the same or not. I honestly was not really watching a ton when they were doing the running back blocking. I don't remember what else was going on, but I was watching some other position group at that time. Was it the uh, quarterbacks trying to throw, you know, a fade route into the the big net? Oh yeah. The 50 yard bomb into the end zone for the stationary target. I I thought that was really interesting actually, just to see. Um, I know we were talking a lot at practice about Tyson Badgett, their uh, undrafted rookie quarterback who, I thought on the short to intermediate stuff actually looked pretty good. Like his technique looked good. The ball comes out of his hand with a nice spiral on it, but man, those deep balls just hang in the air forever. He throws those rainbows. He's got a, he looked real skinny too. Uh, if he does stick like on the practice squad this year, he's definitely got to add some muscle and improve the arm strength. Yeah. I know you pointed out a little early in the warmups. You saw like, you know, PJ Walker, you saw Justin Fields, you saw Nathan, even Nathan Peterman, uh, do it, you know, a little more zip. <laughs> they roll out a little mm-hmm. more. And then there was just like a softness, as you've kind of said, to, to, to Badgen's throws. It didn't have quite the zip you were looking for. Yeah, you can probably get away with that in Division Two, which is, I think, where he played in college. But uh, not as much against NFL defenses. They're too fast for that. One other thing we saw, too, uh, was the configuration of the offensive line. First string is what you'd expect. Second string I found it to be interesting because from left to right, you had Larry Borum. Then you had Leatherwood, Lucas Patrick in the middle at center, Jatir Carter at guard, and also Jatir Carter and Patrick did get to filter in to the starters, which I thought was cool. But then on the right side, you had Aviante Collins as your right tackle, as your second string. I mean, if if for some reason, knock on wood, Darnell Wright goes down, I think I don't think Collins is the next man up necessarily. But, you know, he just got here, and he's already at right tackle with that group. Yeah, that seemed to me probably more of an indictment of Kellen Deitch than anything. Um, that had been, I think they had been mostly doing him at second string left tackle with Borum at right tackle on the second string. So they obviously didn't like what they saw from that. And so brought in Collins, who I think has some experience in Houston or some, somewhere else in the NFL for a couple years. Um, and presumably would be battling Borum for that like swing tackle spot now. It'll be really interesting to see what happens there. You know, Borum has been that swing tackle, you know, for the lab for a little bit now and leaves a lot to be desired. So it, it's nice to see a little competition there. It's nice to see hopefully that uh, someone else might be able to step up and take that because again, at least for me, it leaves a bit to be desired. Yeah. I'm, I feel like Borum falls in that category where like, I'm okay with him as a, a backup on the roster. I feel like that's about the right fit for him. Less thrilled when he's like counted on as a starter but I'm, I'm okay with him if he has to fill in for a couple weeks uh, yeah. if somebody gets hurt. And as you mentioned, the offense looked pretty good today. You know, you definitely you saw a lot of DJ Moore. You saw a lot of Tanya, and we mentioned all this. Um, Valus even had a couple plays here and there I enjoyed that. There's a play later that we'll discuss in a bit uh, that, were, that wasn't super great by him. Uh, but the defense had destroyed the offense, I felt, in that seven-on-seven period. I mean, there was a while where what, uh, Justin threw an interception, which it was a bad interception. First of all, it took forever to get the ball out. He rolled to the right, waited, 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 and then tried forcing a ball in that was picked off. 
And then you had PJ Walker throw an interception as well. And Drake Stroman took that 150 yards, it seemed like, as he sprinted down. Mm-hmm. That was a pretty cool part of practice. But they just really couldn't get anything going in that period. Yeah, and that's where I wish we had been able to see more. of. They did a red zone drill on the opposite end of the field mm-hmm. where I couldn't really tell what was going on much with 11 and on 11 and then brought it back for 7-on-7 seven seven on our end of the field, also red zone. And it looks like the 11-on-11, 11 11, they were kind of more like walk-through speed install. So I wonder if they were then trying those plays at closer speed. It'd be interesting for context there because, yeah, the defense definitely dominated that. But I wonder if they had just seen those plays and knew what was coming, which might have helped because seven on seven guys should be wide open. There's no pass rush, but nobody was getting open. It was it was real tough. Um, You should, as an offense, be able to dominate that. But but it was a weird mix uh, because, like you said, during 11 on 11, the the offense had their defense's number. So I don't know what really flipped there. Yeah, it's and it's hard to say without like the 11 on 11 was literally 100 yards away. And then they had like a whole line of players blocking the view as well. So I really like could not see. I was gauging what happened in each play by whether the offense or defense was celebrating afterwards. <laughs> so It's pretty much all you could do. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I thought was cool today was we saw or at least I, I saw a lot of motion today. Uh, which is crazy or interesting to me, I should say, not crazy, because the Bears were in the bottom of the league in terms of motion used last year. Uh, so that's nice to see. Maybe you just have more confidence in your players to be in the right spot or whatever the case may be. Uh, you also saw some interesting play design. You had Chase Claypool lining up in the backfield, Cole Komet lining up in the backfield, motioning out. Uh, and then, as you pointed out, that ridiculous play where you had the tackles split out super wide. Why don't you walk us through how that went? Yeah, it was like they set up a a wide receiver screen option on both sides. So the right tackle split out like wide right, the left tackle split out wide left, and then they could kind of read the defense to see which side they wanted to throw the screen to. That was in there like uh, going for a field goal at the end of the game thing. So my guess is that play is designed to get that tackle out there as a lead blocker and pick up like five yards and get out of bounds. But they tried it with both the first string and second string and both times um the runner got tackled inbounds still like wasn't even able to get out of bounds so uh maybe that one just goes back in the drawer for a while and uh i don't think that worked very well yeah especially to break it out like where they did it it was a really interesting choice but uh you know that's that's probably for the most part most of the notes i had is there anything else that Besides, oh yeah, Eddie Jackson and Dante Pettis in practice. That's important to highlight. Dante is on that NFI non-football injury, so who knows necessarily what that is. He was walking around. He was there, um, mainly not really with the team, actually. He was kind of off to the side. And then Eddie had a vet day. Um, but no one should worry about that because as soon as uh, the play we didn't talk about yet, which we need to, happened, he was able to sprint over and join his uh, compatriots in that celebration. So why don't you walk us through the uh, final play of the day? <laughs> Real quick first, a couple other injury things I was happy to see was that uh, two guys working back from injury, Darnell Mooney and Jack Sanborn, yes. were both full participants throughout team drills, individuals, everything. Yes. Um, and so that was really good to see. Um, I know like with Mooney especially, they had said they were going to work him back in slowly, but we're like five days into camp and he's full go. Um, so that's great. Yeah, the the last two-minute drill for the second string offense had back-to-back plays going to Velas Jones. Um, the first one, he was kind of going out of bounds and bobbled the ball before making the catch, which by the time he caught it, he was out of bounds. So made that an in- unnecessary incompletion. 
And the second one was over the middle of the field and he bobbled it. And I think it was Tremaine Edmonds picked it up off the bobble for an interception. Um, that kind of ended the day uh, with the win for the defense there. So that was a bit frustrating to see for Vilas. I know I'd seen some positive things coming out about him from camp in the first few days. I was hoping to see more out of him today. But just judging how they were rotating, guys, it looks like right now the top two backups are Equinemius St. Brown and Tyler Scott. Those guys were both rotating in with the ones pretty frequently. Nobody else really was. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's and today was today was tough. Like you said, whether it was the vantage or trying to figure out what their intent was. Like we were trying to figure out, oh, kick return. This will be cool to watch. But it was more of a kick off drill. So for example, you had Bayless, you know, at running down the field. You had Dominic Robinson running down the field. So you had guys like Nassimbo Webster, you know, Crookshank. Those kinds of guys returning. Crookshank actually had kind of a nice return. It's hard to tell when they don't have the pads on, like if he would have been tackled. But he ran very, very far and whether that was by choice or whatever. Um, so that was, that was cool to see, but you know, you're just in that weird uh, situation where it's hard to piece out. Like what is the intent of this drill? Are they full speed? Are they part speed? All that jazz. Yeah. Um, I know we were trying to figure that out with some of the stuff too. Like the order they were going in for like one-on-one seemed to matter a little bit with wide receivers and defensive backs, but then with running back drills, not really. It was like, oh, Dante Foreman's going last. What does that mean? And then the next drill, he's going first. It's just like, oh, I guess like, he oh, just happened whatever. to be last in line. Okay. Exactly. And that's that's the hard part about it. we're just getting like a tiny snapshot out of a long process leading up to week one. So I'm, I, I think it's important to remind myself and others, like we don't want to get too many like overreactions to just one practice. Uh, but I think it is still interesting to to pick up on what we can while we're there. Just like dumping a lot, couple things out of the notebook here. Uh, we mentioned Eddie Jackson uh, didn't necessarily play uh, today. He was on the sideline, so you ended up having Elijah Hicks take over for him uh, on the other side of that. Terrell Smith, who was doing some safety, it sounds like over this last week, really didn't do safety. He was more of a corner today. Um, and then, oh, one play that wasn't highlighted, uh, but Chase Claypool one where actually he was in the backfield. They motioned him out. They threw a screen to Khalil Herbert in the flat, and it got absolutely blown the heck up by Kyler Gordon. That was a was a great play. It was a good read. Again, there's no pads, but I mean, I don't think it would have mattered. He was he was in the backfield making that play well before uh, they would have been able to block him anyway. But um, one thing I noticed, or I guess didn't notice, was Chase Claypool. He really didn't seem heavily involved in the parts we could see in terms of that red zone, in terms of even that, whether it's seven on seven, a little bit of that 11 on 11 that was coming at us. It's, I couldn't tell if it was because the first, second read, you know, Tanyan, DJ Moore, Darnell Mooney, depending on situation was there. So they didn't need it. Or was he just not really getting open? Yeah. I, I really didn't notice him that much either. And again, it's, it's hard to say um, just based on the limited sample that we saw. I do want to highlight my favorite play of the day involved Claypool, although I was liked it more because of what Fields did. It was at the end of the day on their two-minute drill. Um, they were trying to get down and get a touchdown, and um, Fields took it and did his drop, and no hesitation, as soon as he hit the top of his drop, just ripped it to Claypool on a slant over the middle for like a 15-yard gain. Um, Claypool made a nice catch and would have been a – pretty big hit afterwards but love seeing that from fields just let it go right away at the top of your drop we need to see that more consistently this year and so that to me was like it's not the wow highlight play 
But that was one that just really stood out as like, yes, this is what we need from him. Just hit that consistent routine stuff. So let's wrap it up. Um, I'm going to give you like just the a player position and kind of give me a needle up, needle down, or neutral in terms of what you saw today. Uh, let's go with DJ Moore. I went in with really high expectations, so I'll say neutral. Um, I was honestly focusing more on some of the, uh, like, I wanted to see more of like Tyler Scott guys who were more of an unknown, but more definitely made some nice catches today. Tyler Scott. Definitely arrow up. Um, yeah, he, he was phenomenal today. Tyreek Stevenson. I'll go neutral there. I didn't really notice him that much beyond observing that he and Terrell Smith seemed to be rotating with the ones, which is interesting considering second round pick versus fifth, you might expect Stevenson to have more of a leg up there, but it seems they're fairly even in terms of how the reps were distributed. Kind of stinks for Tyreek Stevenson. He keeps ending up in everyone's highlights. <laughs> it's it's not even his fault. It's just DJ Moore is so good and it's, it's tough. Yeah. Uh, uh, Justin Fields. This one's going to sound a little weird, but I'm going to go arrow down. Okay. Um, not that I think like he's really bad or anything. Just I went in with very high expectations based on what I've heard from others who were at camp this week and was not super impressed by his consistent accuracy on the short stuff. And also on a lot of drills they were doing, like throwing into nets on short stuff. He kept like double and triple clutching before throwing, which I wanted to see him get just get rid of the ball more quickly on that quick stuff. And so that was a bit frustrating for me. Yeah. And uh, let's do wrap it up with two more, the defense as a whole. That's I, I didn't get to see a ton of like the defensive line and no pads. It's hard to say, I'll go slight arrow up just because that seven on seven period, they just absolutely dominated in the red zone. And that was pretty impressive. And Zach Pickens. Super random. Yeah. I honestly don't think I saw him today, which makes me slightly arrowed down because I did notice with the second string defense they had, I don't remember who, but it was somebody else in on the second string defense at the three technique position opposite Gervon Dexter, where I would have expected those two together to be the second string defensive tackles. So it seems he's a little bit farther down the depth chart right now than we might hope to see from a day two pick. Yeah, that's kind of where I was going with that. Like, I noticed him more often when he was really with almost like the third string D line, and that's not where you want him to be. So that's a, a bit of a shame there. Hopefully, that can shift. And honestly, too, the, the defense, the defensive line, especially whether it's vantage point or whether it's once the pads come on, it's going to be very different next week starting Wednesday. So you know, we're we're going to hold back any really heavy thought process on that until then. Uh, anything else you want to uh, mention before we wrap it up here? No, not really. I think we've hit most of everything here. I think so. Nice little rapid fire. Yeah. All right. Well, that's what we got for today. Uh, you can always go check. We both were tweeting, uh, myself as well as Jonathan, what we saw at camp today. Uh, really, at the end of the day, uh, a couple of really great things that we saw. A, a couple out of DJ Moore, a lot of nice Robert Tanyan, a lot of nice Tyler Scott. Uh, and we're just hoping to see more of that. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, where can people find you and all the stuff that you do? You do some great articles, especially over at DBB there, uh, some great statistical breakdowns. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, um, I'm mostly active during the season on Twitter uh, at Jonathan underscore Wood One, scrolling on the bottom of the screen there. Um, I also write periodically for Dub Bears blog um, with former WCG or Robert 
K. Schmitz as our new editor in chief. And absolutely, you have to go check it out. I mean, he's done some really good series on on Justin Fields and everything like that. Uh, I love that kind of stuff because of the the in the depth of it. It's not just what you're seeing on the screen. It's not just stat box hopping. It's really understanding the numbers and what they mean. So absolutely, go check that out. But that's all we have. Uh, bear down, everyone. Enjoy your weekend.